Thank you for joining Experiences of Insight. On today's episode, we are joined by Nelson Javier Mejia from Frankfurt, Germany. Nelson studied at Hochschule Frutwagen University, where he received an MBA in engineering degrees in industrial and product engineering. Nelson began his professional career as a consultant focusing on BI and service engineering. He eventually ended up at Lufthansa and Lufthansa Cargo, where he summed up his experience and his focus there as focusing on everything relating to innovation. Most recently, Nelson has launched WeSpark from Frankfurt, where he's helping clients on a commercial basis release their innovation goals. We really enjoyed sitting down with Nelson and capturing some of his methods that he shared with us to spark innovation, and we hope you will too. Without further ado, we present to you Nelson Javier Mejia. Uh, today we are very thankful and happy to be joined with by Nelson Mejia. Uh, Nelson is joining us from Frankfurt, Germany, and uh, wow, I mean, what a background and story. Uh, Nelson, um, you're a uh, human-centered industrial engineer. Um, you're a multi-skilled innovator. You've traveled the world. You have some incredibly interesting um, hobbies or things that you do either with your work or outside of your work. Your, a very, your, your content has been, I've seen it out there. It's very, um, I really like it. I very like, I like the consistency. I like the theme. I like, I like what you've been putting out there and how it's been intended to help people kind of focus and on innovation and setting the stage and the atmosphere for innovation. Uh, welcome to our show, um, and as all, as always, with me we have uh, Lee Duncan. Oh, oh nice to meet you. Hello, okay, Lee. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> so, uh, Nelson, one of the things that we uh, like to start off with is, um, you know, we'd like to get a little background from our guests. Uh, as I mentioned, that you've traveled the world. Is it correct that you're? originally from South America, Central America, El Salvador, correct? Yeah, correct, from Central America. That's great. Since then. <laughs> yes, and, and you've been living and going to school in Germany. Um, you know, has that shaped? Uh, I, I would assume that your travels and your journeys have shaped who you are. Can you tell us a little bit about how your experience has impacted, um, you know, the Nelson that we see right now and if there's any other catalysts or uh, influences uh, that have uh, developed you or helped your thinking or made you into the person that you are up to this point? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to start with school because it's quite interesting. So I actually went to school back uh, in El Salvador, like in the first 18 years of my life. I went to a German school. And the really cool thing about this German school is that uh, the government, uh, the, gov the German government actually like paid uh, or subsidized part of the cost for this school. So it was a private school, but still, um, I mean, uh, you had people from different like social classes, you will say, which is really nice uh, when you want to like be constantly uh, hearing different perspectives uh, from different people. Um, mm -hmm. And during the time that I was there, it also went religion free and they started to uh, put a lot of focus on like being open-minded and just like trying to get as much pers perspectives as you can. So. 
Um, I believe that the school had a, a really big impact. I mean, it was a German school, so at the very end, I decided to study in Germany. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I went to the university in Germany. So <laughs> you will say that's mm -hmm. quite a, a big impact because um, I feel like the, the more you travel, the more you work in different countries and with different people, um, the more your culture starts to like take parts from, from other countries, from other people. And I believe with, with the time you finally end up being someone who is, I don't know, like a citizen of the world. That's how I mm -hmm. feel. I mean, I'm still Salvadorian. <laughs> That's what my passport said and in my heart, but still like how I act and, and how I think. I only see like the, um, the whole limits within countries and, and, and the whole places is just like transparent. You know, there's, there's no real division between countries just walk or go over the river or something and it's still the same place. Oh, sorry. I had a question. Sorry to interrupt. Apparently I can't wait. Um, so I was taking a look at your bio and at the beginning we were talking about how you are a human centered engineer amongst many things. So just, uh, that's a, a term I do not, I don't hear a lot of, <laughs> a lot of. that's a different one. Help me understand. <laughs> um, how a human-centered engineer is different than a regular engineer. All right. Um, in this case, I have to it, – it's the mix of my mom and dad. All right? We're going to start mm -hmm. with this. My dad is an industrial engineer as well. Um, so he always like, tried to convince me to go the, the way of like understanding the principles and the basics of things. And – I don't know, when I was 12, I knew already that I wanted to become an industrial engineer. So the thing is, when you think about engineers, you think about rather colder people when it comes to uh, making decisions. And now, it's, now I'm going to go from uh, my dad's side to my mom's side. Uh, you got to think she's a Latin American mom. So um, a mom is usually like very emotional with their children in <laughs> Latin American places. So... Um, she always brought me back like uh, when I had to take like difficult decisions. You can imagine those teen teenager difficult decisions. Um, I always listened to her and she always uh, brought me back to this emotional, this like people side. And this had a, a big influence because um, when I was, for example, learning, um, let's say about usability, uh, we were making maybe developing a product in the university. Then I always uh, wanted to land back at the people who were going to use this. And it actually turned out to be really good because uh, later when you start learning about design thinking and all these like innovation methods, you see that if you always think about who's going to be using this, who's going to be affected by that and so on, everything turns out to be way easier to understand and more practical. So... Um, Basically, being a human-centered engineer means, yes, I will cover all the standards that uh, engineering requires. I mean, uh, if, if it's, whether it's safety, whether it's functionality and so on, and the quality, but I, I will always uh, stop to think, okay, how does this affect the user? How does this affect the person who is next to the user? How does this affect uh, maybe the town next to the place where you're developing or building something? So, I don't know. This is the way how I like to describe it. But I believe it's a self-made uh, definition. So <laughs> It's great. No, it's, um, it's, it's for, at least for myself, when 
having you being a citizen of the world, as you said, and thinking about your background and your influences in life and how you conduct yourself and how you're trying to impart from your going back to your bio, innovation being a theme that you're trying to impart and get people talking about and thinking about. It's a very, very compelling, very awesome story to hear. Um, and just so you know, one of the things that, you know, as I mentioned, our outreach is globally. One of, you know, looking back to people in Central America and globally or Asia or other regions of the world, um, I have a question for you because like you, and this is a separate discussion, this is your time. Uh -huh. I don't want to get too much into it, but I've, I've done a fair amount of traveling myself and put myself in some situations where, you know, I left home when I was 17 as well. And uh, I have had a lot of experiences over my life. You know, if you had a chance to impart some knowledge uh, about successes and failures and how you deal with that in your day to day or as they're presented to you and how you stay positive, because what I'm seeing in front of me is a very positive, very confident individual. What are some of the keys um, to success that you've uh, evidenced and you want to share with people when it comes to when times when you're confronted with some of these failures or difficult times? All right, this is a really difficult question. Um, but I have, this might be, I don't know, too big to, to respond, but I'm gonna try to answer. So Fair. I believe something that always worked for me, um, and again, I will, I, will, I will still relate things that my mom and dad used to say, because I mean, they were extremely influential in my life. Uh, my dad was always the kind of person that told me like, hey, never give up, uh, you gotta try again. Um, Actually, they both uh, took the decision to put me into karate. So when I was in karate, one of the first things that I learned is like, okay, if you fall down 20 times, you're gonna stand up 20 times again. And I did that, I actually did karate for 10 years. So um, you get some sort of discipline to never stop trying. Mm -hmm. and, and, then, and then from my mom's side, it was this like, um, she always showed me how to, find hope when you think that you lost it all and try to like uh, fake that you see the light at the end of the tunnel even even if there's none so uh, i believe this is something that that usually works for me i don't know how it actually looks in in the real day um it's more of like if i know i cannot solve something right now i'm not gonna stress myself over it because what what will stress do to me? Nothing good. This is gonna be bad. So um, in my in my usual day, I I get distracted quite easily, <laughs> which you will imagine this is a disadvantage. But I can get really focused on something really really fast. And what I have found out is that really often, while I'm extremely distracted, I just get the ideas that I need. Uh, to solve something big or a challenge that I had like in the background of my head, in the back of my head, I mean. Um, <laughs> for example, who ever had like, everybody has like really good ideas while showering, I will argument. Mm -hmm. So the difference is if you stop showering at that moment and you even take your phone or the next, next thing uh, would you can write something, just write it down, just mm -hmm. document it because as fast as it, as it comes, it can go really fast again. And maybe if you start writing it, you just use like this kind of, in German you will say schwuck, or like you have this movement already. Mm -hmm. So you have kind of a boost to start and then 
this is how you get like kind of in a, in a state of mind where you get to be innovative. Um, so yeah, the, the, the two things that I mentioned be, before, the hope and just like never giving up, this is just the way for you not to fall into this like a situation of being stressed. Because uh, I mean, if you ask me, I believe you can actually manage motivation even by needs. Like, you know, if you're really, you need to survive or something, then you will innovate somehow. And then the one where everybody's trying to go because you don't want to be completely under stress and right between, how do you say that, between the sword and the wall. The mm-hmm. other way is like being inspired and just reaching this state of mind where you are just like creative and your imagination just like goes everywhere where you want to go. And I don't know, I believe like little distractions usually help me. I have an, an example, one that actually marked my life. Um, I was working for this automotive company and they sent me to India. And my task was to basically re-engineer the strategy for their uh, subsidiary in India with around 40 employees uh, or so around. I, I hope I'm not saying the wrong number. Um, and yeah, and the company wasn't, at, at that moment, the company wasn't doing its best, so as to say. So I was still an intern, but uh, <laughs> for the thing is people, when I got there, they thought I was German. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and second, uh, they thought that I had like a really influential position, but it's just like, they knew how I, how I think, and they knew I was like, uh, ready and motivated to go to India, stay there for a month and actually uh, be really transparent. And they knew that I would not, I was going to say the truth and say like what we need to do, but I, will, I was also going to take uh, care of the people there, which mm-hmm. back to the question from before. Mm-hmm. And it was like the third week from four. And <laughs> sorry, I just didn't have any idea of, of how to solve this problem. I was completely lost. It was just such a big input of information. Um, I remember I just went to shower this day and said like, I'm just gonna think about something else. And then mm-hmm. I was just showering and the water turned cold and then it turned warm again. Like you would expect <laughs> this uh, temperature changes from time to time. And then it was just like, oh God, I have it. <laughs> I know what we need to do. And in this moment, I, I believe I, I probably just trying to think I put shampoo three or four times without noticing. I went out, wrote uh, on, on a little like a notepad that I had. And yeah, basically I just kept working over the same thing. And basically in one day I did the work of like six months and it turned out to be great. Uh, as far as I, as I knew at the very end, they actually, they had to get rid like of 10 people, but they contracted like 70 more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I mean it's not everything what I suggested. There was a lot of other people thinking too, but this moment that I like uh, stop thinking about it and maybe just you could relate it to the change of water and just like bringing my body into some sort of and there I go again with the in a state of 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 mind where you're innovative. That that actually worked and it made me feel really really confident. It made me. It actually gives me the feeling when I have a, a problem that I cannot solve right away. I try to remember those times where I was in India, completely alone, uh, <laughs> and and remember that it's gonna work out at some point. I just not to like push it because it's just gonna work out. So how uh, would you? 
So yeah. how would you, uh, really interesting talk on flow states and, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and I think it has, been man- it has been discussed that a lot of people have their best ideas while they're in the shower or while they're, they're distracted from whatever it is they're trying to focus on. How would you, what are your opinions and views on how then you could scale a flow state to an organization? How can you get, how can you get multiple people to have sparkles in their mind, breakthroughs, unleash the quantum computer within? How is that possible to do in a large organization? Well, okay, this is a really difficult question. Um, so I believe you need to start small. And I have actually one um, a formula for, for innovation, I call it. But it's basically resuming to just giving the people the right input and, and knowledge, then giving them the right atmosphere and, and motivation and inspiration. Yeah. And the third one is like, having some processes or some methods to enable actions because you could be completely inspired, have the best ideas, being, I don't know, in a good atmosphere and having the right team. But if you don't do something, then it's not happening at all. So um, I believe that, and, and this is something that is like real, my personal opinion, I believe that not taking the, the topic really seriously and not taking yourself really seriously helps a lot for this. And so I said before, and you're going to see, I'm, I'm, I'm quite of, uh, I get distracted really easily. And uh, my mind is like very innovative, chaotic. I will describe it in this case. So if you hear me saying the same thing from different points or from different words, it's because I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I haven't, and I have been thinking about this for a long time, but I said like, not take yourself seriously. Try not to push it, just enable some moments of distraction. And it must be some kind of like, a, I don't know, <laughs> some kind of like some of all these things, maybe at the same time, maybe a combination of them. Uh, I put a lot of um, like energy into being aware of the days that I am more creative or innovative. And I don't know, at least I'm going to go down to a few points that I could tell like a big organization, try this. And for some of you, it's going to work. And for others, it's not. So you need to try something else. And I don't know, like listening certain types of music and having maybe from time to time a longer shower, uh, try to distract yourself before a a difficult day uh, could work. Um, Do sports in the morning. I I actually skate to the office uh, almost every day. I mean, as long as it's sunny, like today is actually really sunny, but you cannot see it, but you need to believe me. Um, that actually helps me like free my mind. And when I get to the office, I feel completely like pumped and energized, which is mm-hmm. quite the way how most of the people will describe me, like positive and energized all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, how do you, how do you manage to, to actually bring all the, all the people in a huge company to start doing these things. I mean, I, I believe this is the way uh, you can argument whether this should go uh, top bottom or bottom top. I, I don't care. I just believe that you need to start somewhere. You need to have people that, that tell the others, that motivate the others uh, all the time. And you need to have management that actually supports and enables, uh, allows, I mean, this. But it's a really, really tricky question. I mean, it's basically like, kind of changing the culture of the whole company. And this is quite complicated and takes some time. I don't know, I I, wanted to... I'm, I'm answering the question. I'm not just- No, no, no. I, I, I think you are. And you, know, you, mentioned, you, mentioned, you mentioned your formula. Um, and I read that piece that you wrote back in March 
early March, I think it was like March 9th of last year, where you described the formula. And you also, in that same piece, you talk about, you know, adding spice to your life to kind of uh, kick off innovation. And I'm interested, you know, as you go uh, among, uh, into these different situations and organizations, and judging by the level of maturity of somebody like Lufthansa, um, you know, how do you get people comfortable with that concept of spice and taking risks? And uh, is there anything that you can impart to us or share with us uh, on that topic? <coughs> okay. Mm, it's quite complicated, again, <laughs> as, as everything yeah. around innovation is. Yeah. Um, m mostly on Explore, I will feel. Uh, but okay, I'm going to try to explain my opinion in this case. Mm -hmm. I have heard some, actually my, my, my mentor Karina from Lufthansa Systems, she once told me that she thinks everybody can be innovative. Mm -hmm. So we're going to part from this statement. <laughs> so now we're going to use this like theory. I, I believe that innovation is a state of mind. And mm -hmm. this state of mind uh, has like three main um, aspects that you need to be aware of. First of mm -hmm. all, it's temporary. So it's never going to stay there forever. It, it comes and goes at some time. And the other two, which are quite similar, one is that it's unstable by itself. Mm -hmm. It means even if you will do everything to spice up your life and just be in this state of mind, it needs to end at some point because it's not, like the, it's not the, the, the right way to be. You need to imagine that it actually uses a lot of energy from your brain. So mm -hmm. our brains are, are trying to save energy and be as lazy as, as, as it gets. So it, it needs to disappear in this state of mind at some point. And the other one is that it's fragile. And this is where I come with uh, what I mentioned before with uh, not taking things seriously, not being stressed, because you can be in your most innovative moment and maybe you get a call or an SMS from somebody in your family like, oh, our son just needs to get to the hospital. Your innovation is going to get killed right away. Or maybe your boss says, like, I need to talk with you for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. It just disappears right away. So now back to the question. Um, not, I, I, I believe that everybody can reach this moment at some, some point, but for some people it's more easy. And for others, it's just uh, less easy and therefore it comes not so often. It's quite rare. Maybe it happens for 15 seconds. Maybe they're extremely innovative for 30 seconds or one minute uh, every day. But maybe that's not enough for something to happen. Or maybe they don't decide to actually take action on it. Or maybe they don't document it and forget it. So mm -hmm. you see, we have lots of like different pieces that are really difficult to bring together and exactly say uh, what is going on it's just like assumption after assumption after assumption so yeah what i usually do to convince others is i genuinely try to get them motivated and inspired and you know you just gotta be empath empathetic if you don't see like the sort of reactions that somebody who's getting motivated and inspired do then you start slowing down and then stop pushing because they also, you said <laughs> I was telling you before don't push it as well. So the same is when you're trying to to get others on board. Mm -hmm. You gotta see some people. Uh, they, for example, the the common reaction is like they start making more questions and they start saying like, mm -hmm. "Oh, this is cool." 
or they start like a nodding more, nodding. Uh, you know. Yeah. So, you know, they are like at this moment, in this particular moment where you're talking with them, they are open. Mm-hmm. Something that I haven't mentioned now and that I'm thinking all the time is, if you see, I'm always talking about like almost single conversations. I have seen that mm-hmm. one-to-ones mm-hmm. work best when trying to get someone. Uh, I mean, I have, I have done some talks and I hope that I got at least some, some part of the, of the audience inspired. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that one-to-ones work the best for this kind of thing because you can actually like, you get feedback from them whether, whether they are actually like getting into this sort of thinking or not. So, yeah. I don't know. I well, hope this responds to the question. No, it's, it's, it's really great because, you know, we're lucky to have you uh, talk about and going back to, I mean, one of the most appealing things from your bio and your experience is, like you said, this concept of the citizen of the world. And when you and I began the dialogue, I wanted to see what people's thoughts around innovation were. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of our content that we've been posting and some of the talks that we've had. But as you can see, you know, in our first episode, Lee's talking about some of the experiments that he runs around, um, you know, using a sauna or uh, cold showers or that to kind of uh, generate thoughts and uh, help him with innovation on his side. But also, it seems like a lot of the work that you're doing around design thinking and innovation models are similar to the type of work that are near and dear to us that really excite us. And you have that human component going back to the influence of your mother, you know, having a Latin American mom myself, I know very, and a family and very, um, and figures throughout my life, my grandmothers, um, and seeing the influence of them uh, on me has definitely made me into the person that I am today. So I, I completely respect that. And, um, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you're sharing that with us. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and uh, I couldn't put it in the Facebook uh, dialogue that we had originally, was, you know, one of the, uh, the uh, premises that we're working on is that right or wrong innovation had been I- isolated into industrialized uh, and developed countries because, you know, when you look at it historically, that's been where the resource allocation had been or maybe there had been investment or um, additional resources that could be allocated towards that. Going forward as technology and information becomes open and more available to people, is there anything that, um, or any suggestions that you have or that you could think of on the top of your head that might accelerate innovation amongst uh, people that haven't had access to uh, resources previously? Um, and when you take this discussion about innovation to a global scale that you think is worth noting or you would like to share with our listeners? All right, I, I have one. Awesome. Um, um, th- this is quite tricky <laughs> to say, but yeah. So I feel like uh, in, in general, uh, when we're talking about this, like um, big corporations in inter- industrialized and, and like uh, really well-developed countries, I feel that innovation has become more of a marketing stone for many. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying that this, as a, we're, we're at work right now, we take it like we take innovation to the heart and we really try to make everybody live it, all right? But there's a, I, when you go out and you see examples, I don't know, a company X, maybe they have someone with some a 
three US dollars or, or, or two euros a VR lens or something. It's like, ah, they put the VR lens on someone, took a picture, and then they say they were innovating. This is where <laughs> this is what actually makes my my you know my my blood burn. <laughs> it's just like why? So I believe that the first thing uh, to actually get innovation out there is to try to learn a little bit, read a little bit, and 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 think that it's a real thing. More of a okay, we need to make our stake and shareholders uh, really happy. So let's uh, do something innovative. Let's start an innovation campaign. Let's <laughs> Let's just let them know that we are a really innovative com company. This is this. I believe this happens in almost every uh, big company. I, I'm going to assume there might be some. <laughs> there are the exceptions, but yeah. So the first thing is just like don't 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 fake around it. It's for for people like me nowadays. It's extremely obvious when I see an an marketing stunt and. Uh, I feel that a lot of times there's a lot of resources that goes towards this and I see them so extremely what's the the contrary of well spent? I mean it's just terribly spent. Wasteful. Wasteful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a waste. Just like yeah. ah, make this place look really cool and let's decorate it, let's do some green, let's get mm -hmm. some air balloons somewhere. This is you know <laughs> this is like the, the, the fake innovation. The, the real innovation is more where you put the resources in people having time to talk with other people and people having time for themselves. For example, uh, I take it almost religiously. Every Friday, I try to uh, learn as much as I can. You, I believe you saw the, um, the little article where I write like how to stay fit for innovation by just like yeah. uh, watching blogs and, and just like I have my sources, so to say, and continuously reading and learning things and when I can do something myself, build something myself or craft or repair, I do. And this is the way how I just like stay on it. I believe I'm getting a yeah. little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But, but yeah, but uh, I believe something that I didn't answer um, that is quite intriguing, how to bring maybe innovation to those countries that need it the most. Mm -hmm. That's a difficult one. I can tell you what I'm planning to do for my country in El Salvador because I don't, I don't see like a big way that you say like, okay, let's press a switch. And then yeah. once we press it, we're going to just like upload this information and everybody in Latin America and in Asia and Africa is going to download this information and they're going to be yeah. innovative by the way. No, no, I, I, I definitely, I, I would love to hear, um, because I know you and I spoke before we started recording this, and I know that you have certain things on your roadmap, your own personal roadmap. Uh, that are near and dear to you, and I wanted to see if you could talk to us not only about what you plan on doing to give back or go back to El Salvador and maybe Latin America or certain regions in general, and maybe that's aligned to commercially where you see yourself going in the short term. I wanted to see if you could share that with us and also if you could tell our listeners where they can find more content from you I saw all, I read, I've read everything I've been able to find off you. Um, <laughs> as you can tell, like, I mean, I, I did my fair share of research and I love the stuff that you're thinking about. And I think that we need more of it out there. Um, and I applaud you for taking the time and putting pen to paper. And let's, I'd love to hear some more about your, your personal roadmap. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the, the first thing is, um, I, I know since like, I don't know, maybe two or three years. No, not that I know. I'm certain of it. 
that I want to bring a little bit of the social aspect into my work life. Um, you know, I need real motivation, a real motivation to wake up and think, today I'm, I'm possibly going to do something good if I put my effort into it. And if, and if everything goes well, then I'm going to be helping people. So, um, I mean, I have some social responsibility to actually do something in El Salvador because, as you might imagine, um, I was really, really lucky uh, that my parents uh, were really hard workers that actually made me go to Germany the first time with 13 years to live one month and then the second time with 15 years to live four months. I mean, this is an opportunity that almost mm -hmm. nobody has in El Salvador. We were, you could count everybody who had this opportunity with, with four hands <laughs> in the whole country. So um, I, if you think that I actually like went away and that now I'm living in a country abroad, uh, it's kind of unfair because I could be back in El Salvador actively helping. So mm -hmm. I need to find a balance for myself. And by now my personal agenda says I'm going to be traveling uh, four or five times uh, to El Salvador. Uh, the idea is um, this is going to be my sort of vacation. So I'm going to try like to sell to some people, like the top executives, some seminar for three or four days. The idea is this pays my ticket. So I stay for two weeks every time I go. This is the mm -hmm. first week of seminar. And the second week, um, I want to get in touch with some NGOs. Um, mm -hmm. This is especially a big one uh, where I could get a direct contact. Uh, they support a lot of um, uh, studios. They support uh, a lot of, uh, oh, how do you say this? God, I told you that my mind is always kind of like this trying to mess up. But they initiatives? Like initiatives? Yeah, initiatives. People who, have, um, who are lacking in, in, in economical and financial resources, they can mm -hmm. still go to university and learn a lot. So I was thinking first I need to contact them and I can start just like tropicalizing and just like simplifying as, as, as much as it goes, these innovation processes. I'm just like applying them to some like examples that are actually the sort of examples that you will hear in El Salvador. So it's basically, I want to go and try to teach uh, as, as good as it goes, uh, all, the, all the innovation methods that I know and try to inspire uh, these young people at the same time. I mean, they are between the year 15s, between 15 and 25 years old around. And I believe this is my way to start. Um, I am now developing like a, some sort of short stories for little children where I try to teach innovation methods. It's just some like basically some uh, animals that are living in a forest and they have a challenge. But I just want to like adapt these, you know, innovation methods that you could maybe pay a training for 2000 euros to learn over two days. For an adult, yeah. I want to adapt them and, and start teaching it to children in Germany yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, and if this actually works well, then I can try this in El Salvador as well. It's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't have a real like a, a plan that I know it's going to happen like this. I'm just going to be experimenting a lot. That's, that is, and, and you know, that piece around experimenting based off what you said in innovation models in different pockets. I think that's very consistent with, um, you know, what, what Lee, myself are doing on a day-to-day -day basis, running experiments and iterating and adjusting yeah. our strategy and how we um, not only are perceived, but how we, what we put out in front of 
uh, the world. And it's very refreshing to hear. Um, one of the things I wanted to also find out is uh, for anybody that's listening to this, where can they find your some more of your content or where can they find you or going forward in the weeks to come, where would you uh, suggest people, uh, you know, find you or commercially, where can they reach out to you? Yep. I know. I, <laughs> I was thinking all the time. It's like, Oh, I skipped one question. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, when it comes to my content, I'm uh, publishing everything on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking now that I should have some content in Spanish as well. That would be you should again, yeah. <laughs> now that you notice, it's not right now. I feel like the the language for innovation is is mostly English, especially when mm-hmm. when it goes to theory. But as well, I need to work a little bit harder and just like tropicalize also the examples that I use uh, so that it translates well into Spanish. But yeah, mm-hmm. basically, I'm gonna be posting in English. I'm gonna start posting a uh, video materials, as you can see. Uh, I usually have like a huge green screen back there, and uh, you know that you notice at the very beginning that I have some studio lights going on around here in my room. So I'm gonna be publishing. I try to just like um, make short videos because you know, uh, even even today in one of the LinkedIn in today's story, it said that. Uh, we are still following the trend that we have a shorter span uh, of time mm-hmm. for actually focusing on something. So I'm going to be making like two or three minute videos explaining some basic examples or sometimes just like uh, mm-hmm. trying to get some people on board this like state of mind or on board the hype train of innovation. I don't know. So yeah, if they follow me on LinkedIn, uh, I am the the sort of person that always um, responds to every comment and every message and all sorts of feedback. And as you were saying about interacting, I do update my my, my, my articles. <laughs> I do Good. I do change some little parts and I write like okay here little edit um, because it's not it's not written on stone. And yeah. as we discussed before, I am telling this is like a mix of many different variables. And it's almost impossible impossible to to have some constants so that you can do like a classic a uh, scientific investigation and protocol so mm-hmm. um i I still need to figure a lot of things out, so I am even learning through my new articles and I go back and try to read the old ones and say like so is this still relevant? Do I still like believe in this which is which is kind of fun because you um, know yeah yeah. Good. Um, so Nelson Javier Mejia, mucho gusto. Thank you for your time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on board and making yourself available. And if on behalf of the experiences of Insight team, if there's anything we can do to help you, help you radiate your message, get it out there. If there's any introductions we can make to help you, please let us know what we can do to help you. Uh, we really believe in the work you're doing. It's very exciting stuff. Thank you for pushing it forward, and thank you for offering your insights to our listeners. Uh, we hope it's Friday there, and I know it's beginning the tail or the start of the evening there. Uh, I hope you have a great evening and a great weekend, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for for you to the opportunity to come here and. And try to share part of the, uh, let's say, encrypted message of what innovation is, at least in my mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm really happy that, that we actually got to do this, David. And Lee as well. I don't see him now, but I believe he must be there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. Yep. You too. Bye-bye. Ciao. On behalf of the Experiences of Insight team, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. We hope that it was value added and that you continue to check out our content. Have a nice day.